Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from TalkSport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they pick a cult hero from the past to lead the line, or will they go for a young whippersnapper from the modern era? It's totally up to them, because it's their best 11. This is the Best 11 podcast from Talk Sport. Before we hear Martin Comston's best 11, it's worth letting you know that this was recorded from our homes during the first lockdown in March 2020, when Celtic had recently won their ninth title in a row. So whilst this season probably isn't Martin's favourite topic of conversation, the reason we don't mention it is purely because it hadn't happened yet. It's just a bit of a disclaimer. Enjoy the podcast. Our guest today is an actor who starred in Sweet 16, The Wee Man, Monarch of the Glen and The Nest. But he's perhaps best known for playing Detective Sergeant Steve Arnott in Line of Duty. He's also a great mate of mine. It's the brilliant Martin Comston. Martin, welcome to your best 11. Can you tell us who you support and why? Uh, you know very well who my team is, Johnny Boy. My team is the famous Glasgow Celtic. You pick who your dad picks, don't you? That's just for everybody. Uh, your dad supports, your granddad supports, your brother supports. But for better or worse, uh, in the west of Scotland, um, religion does become a, a big a big part of who you support. Um, you know, it kind of, you can really tell who anybody supports by what, what primary school they go to or what high school they go to. And then um, just through that, you know, most of your pals are Celtic fans, and I mean, obviously, it's you can everybody grows up and everybody's mixed to a certain extent and stuff, and it kind of calmed down. It seemed to have got wild for a while because it, it can get it can be a really ugly side to it at times. You know, the the sectarianism and stuff, and that's not something people should have to put up with, and especially in this day and age. Um, as I say, for better or worse, it's it's, it's part of our culture at the minute. Um, it's also the reason why it's it's one of the fiercest, if not the fiercest, rivalry in the world. You know, because it's in our blood. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best derby in the world, I think. Best I've been to, anyway. The Cardiff one's not bad, but I um. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I was thinking that the other day. I was watching with English derbies. You kind of that doesn't. I would probably only say we in England. You would maybe say there's obviously the Millwall West Ham and the Birmingham Aston Villa. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Spurs, Spurs and Arsenal, but there doesn't seem to be some of the derbies. I mean, there's fierce to an extent, but there doesn't seem to be that. I mean, you look like at Liverpool and Everton, and there's, there's not that hatred, you know. Um, that sort mm. of 
I mean, in some extents it's bio, and I say in some some extents it go way over the top and horrific. But there's not that. I went to a, a Liverpool Everton uh, semi final, and it was a great watch at Wembley. Brilliant watch, a really good atmosphere. But I was in the stadium, it was like I've been to a Celtic Rangers stadium, and it, you just feel a semi final. You feel like everything's on the line. You know, you don't want to even contemplate getting beat um, just because what the repercussions are going to be. And so just in terms of, I, we don't have obviously probably the the quality of the derbies down south, but we, we more than make up for that, the passion that's involved. And and let's, and let's be honest as well, the quantity. You play each other every fortnight, so it's amazing how you keep, <laughs> how you keep that passion going, I think, Martin. Well, I know, but well, I think I think that's got a lot to do with the, the TV companies because everybody wants to watch the game, and so I think every time there's a TV contract comes up, I think that's part of the stipulation. Um, I mean, part of me would like to, to keep it to two every year, but um, I mean, yeah, because at times I think just, um, a couple of years ago, and we I think we got each other both cups and a cup replay, so we ended up playing each other like seven times. Um, but then also with Rangers, I think with Rangers going away for a few years there. Um, of course, didn't, get yeah. other, didn't get each other in the cup for a few years either. Um, so there was, I think, that sort of whetted the appetite again that yeah. we, hadn't, we hadn't played each other in a long time. And then obviously Rangers on the way back up. It's as fierce as it's ever been at the minute. It's funny, Martin. Uh, John Robertson, who's a good mate of mine, he was Martin O'Neill's assistant. I was remember saying to me, it's too much the old firm. He said, I never enjoyed any of them. He said, if you won, of course, the end, the relief was amazing. But he said, the build-up, he said, is so intense. Mm. He said, I, I, I'd be lying if I say I ever enjoyed any of them. <laughs> no, mate, it is, it is, that's what it is. It's, it's sheer relief. I mean, the build-up is amazing. The aftermath is amazing. But the games to watch are horrific at times, you know, unless, um, <laughs> unless I mean, without rubbing it in. There's a few years there where we were giving Rangers a, a few spankings, you know, and... Um, you know, especially under Brendan Rodgers and stuff. And it didn't look like we were ever going to lose a game against them again. Um, obviously, that's changed a bit. But, yeah, so, I mean, that time, believe me, I know they were really enjoyable because you were going into the game, like, completely 100% confident. Um, whereas back in the day, you could never tell with a Celtic Rangers game because you could go back and a lot of the times I'd go to the game and think, we're going to scud them today and get beat and... Don't forget one specific, one of the best ones I ever went to was uh, the New Year Derby and we were at Ibrox. I think we went with quite a patched up team and and you were kind of expect, half expecting a doing and Big Sammy, Big Samaras ran riot that day. So you, you could never, it's kind of got that element back to it of the unknown, whereas for a few years there, I mean, I think we went to Ibrox and took five off them. You know, we, we were just completely dominant. Martin, could you tell me what your first... You, you're a good footballer, I know this. I played with you, excellent footballer. Can you tell me your first football memories? One of my first, like, main... Like, I've got a very vivid memory of... Um, so, Greenock Morton, where I'm from. Morton's a local team where I'm from in Greenock. And um, I remember... I must have been about, I don't know, five or six. And my my brother... I think he was at a game, like, it was a school day out or something. And, and me and my mum went to pick him up. And, you, you know, the, the way... They, they opened the gates at the end of the game, like the last minute, to let everybody kind of flood out. Yeah. I remember these gates opening, me and my mum standing outside. And I mean, standing at those doors now, I mean, they, they don't look that big, but at that age, and then just hearing all the, this incredible noise and all these men. And Morton, 
in those days would have had a, bit, a big support. They still got a great wee following, Martin, but then would have been a really good support. I don't know if it was a big game, but I just remember the, the noise coming from inside and then these gates opening and then all these men streaming out. And, you know, it was just sort of like this pantheon. <laughs> it's something that's always always stayed with me. Um, yeah, that's probably my, my youngest memory. Um, my first game was probably a couple of years later. Uh, I, I was lucky and I was unlucky to, to go in the old jungle, uh, the famous jungle at Celtic Park when it was, um, yeah. you know, when it was a standing ground. Um, but my first, I can't remember, it was, I, was, I got to two games and we drew one each with Motherwell uh, and lost 1-0 to Dundee United uh, or the other way around. And um, I was called a Jonah, which in Scotland means uh, you're a jinx. Yeah. And I, was yeah, on, yeah, yeah. and I was banned. So I didn't get back to a game for a long time. And I remember looking back, cause they were going, even then, as a young, I mean, it must have been like, I don't know, eight or nine. And I remember them going, it's your fault. And I remember thinking, maybe it's that we've got Carol Muggleton in goal more than that I'm unlucky. You know, we had a, we had a pretty shocking team back then. Oh, I had to pass in the back there, Cobbs. And come on, mate, it was obviously you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'll take it. I'll take the ban. I took it well, though, and eventually I got back. <laughs> <laughs> I did, who was your um, favourite player as a kid, Martin? Oh, Paul McStay, mate. Yeah. Paul McStay, without a doubt. I mean, player. just who's class, and he's one of those. Um, he was a true Celtic man. He could have left us. I mean, I remember there was talk at the time of like Juventus and stuff. I mean, he, he could have played at a far higher level than than what we were at at the time. Um, but just an incredible player. What a range of passing. Scored some magnificent goals for, for Celtic and Scotland. And he just sort of typified what Celtic were about. And one of my... There's two times where, I mean, nobody's bigger than the club. That's, that's something like... I think like that everybody has to kind of remember about in terms of players and stuff. But there's two times, sort of throughout following Celtic all the years, where I thought that player didn't he, like in, in terms of losing as a team. But we lost the the cup final to Wraith Rovers, and Paul McStay was the captain, and we hadn't won a trophy in how many years at that time? And it was like the biggest thing ever at the time for for a young fan like me because I had never properly seen us win a trophy, and we lost on penalties and. He was the captain and missed the penalty. And I remember thinking the way he played that night, the way he played the whole season, he just he did not deserve that. He didn't deserve it. And there was a, a similar feeling when when Henrik scored two in the UEFA Cup final. And I remember looking at him going, he did not deserve to be on the losing side there tonight. Um, but yeah, growing up, and I've uh, I was very lucky to play, and there was like a it was like a, like a, a charity. I work quite. I do quite a bit with the Celtic Foundation, the the charity arm of the club. And there was a I think they called it the Maestro because that's what that's what we called McStay um, at Celtic. We called him the Maestro. And um, there was a sort of a charity match between uh, a Paul McStay select and a Rio Ferdinand select because apparently he's he's a big hero of Rio Ferdinand. Um, uh, Ferdinand used to love the way he played. Um, so to play there and play alongside the great man and um, I was having breakfast at the hotel the next morning and he just happened to come down and I was lucky enough we sat and had an hour odd just catching up and chatting and talking through and when we finally, later than that year I think we we beat I mean that's to show how far we've came as a club later than that in that year 95 uh, we beat Airdrie in the cup final 1-0 and that was the biggest thing that ever happened to me as a Celtic fan we beat Airdrie in a cup final it was because we'd never I'd never seen from my age when I was born seen tangible success 
Can I just ask you, you mentioned obviously they're playing a bit. Can we nip back there? Because you, you turned out for Greenwich, didn't you, a couple of times? Did, did Were you playing for with David Hopkin at the time or for David Hopkin, who's obviously no, stuff no, a legend? Like, yeah, David, David would have been a few years before me. I remember I'd watched him a few because I was with Morton on and off. I did a couple of years with Aberdeen. I was with Morton when then signed Aberdeen and I went back to Morton. Um, so... I was there on and off, you know, 10 years as a boys club, youth team, reserve first team. So, you know, I mean, I was there every other week, like, you know, in the stands and all that kind of thing. You'd need to be there. So, saw some great teams, you know, with great players over the years, you know. Uh, I mean, Alan McGraw is the greatest, but, you know, Davy Hopkin and Derek McInnes, mm. some top, top players. If you not know him, but the old Viking, Roger Mackey, what a player he was. <laughs> <laughs> what were your match day rituals then? Then Martin, I mean, either Morton well, or Celtic. My, I know you played quite a lot as well. Well, one of my, my vivid memories, um, there's a there's a, a big, a huge Celtic supporters club um, in in Greenock, and we used to travel from there. And my, my big memories when I was a boy was my dad being inside, uh, have, sinking a few pipes, and all the young boys, like all, all the boys who would go with dads, we'd be outside with a bag of chips. You know, sitting on the stairs waiting on your dads to sit and uh, finish their, their beer and come out and get us. And then, uh, it was mad when you think, I think you only be boys sitting on, we weren't allowed in the pub to be in the guys in the pub. You know, it's it's it's, it's, mad, it's mad how time flies, you know. And of course, I'm going to assume that he's drinking and, 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 and the other dad's drinking. It was split second timing to, to make sure you get that last pint. You don't need to be at the ground too early, do you? Well, we, we have to... That was annoying me at some time. It wasn't so much getting there too early. Cause, so from Greenock door to door to Parkhead's probably 40 minutes, 45 minutes. So you would always want to beat the traffic. But I, I never get my head around this with, with people. Look, sometimes people... I'm not like one of these kind of time-watching kind of things where if somebody's got to go, they've got to go. But I never understand people leaving 10 minutes, 5 minutes before the end of the game. Especially <laughs> when there's times where it's like 1-0, one, 1 each. It drives me up the wall, and at times I'm going. I want something just to happen, just so you missed it. Oh, and, you're and hard. What used, to, what used to drive me. What used to drive me mental as well was, we you'd go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like when you were young and you didn't really have much say in it, and then you'd go and sit in the bus for an hour, stuck in traffic. <laughs> you know, like, what was the point? And that used to, that genuinely. There was one I'll never ever forgive. I can't remember a name. The lovely um. The lovely woman that it was, but my first uh, Celtic Rangers game, um, I there was like tickets were gold dust, absolute gold dust, and uh, so a lot of times you would just go down to the club and see if there was any going, you know, in terms of like there was one going, so my dad could get one, but I couldn't go. It wouldn't let me go on my own, but if we'll go down, if we can get another one, I'll go with somebody or that kind of thing. Like a ticket turned up, and it was beside one of the ladies in the club. And uh, she made us leave. We were getting beat 1-0. And it was a famous uh, Alan Stubb scored. And we scored in the 93rd minute. Um, oh. That's incredible. Heard that. And you just heard the stadium inside erupting. And you're walking down the street. And you're like, why are we, why are we out here? <laughs> and I've never, I've never you're emotionally scarred by that, I can tell. Because <laughs> you can still go back. It's one of the great goals. Because I think people say, I think, was it the, the year we, st- it might have been the year we stopped 10 in a row. Um, oh. So it was a massive goal, and it was my first game. And I say we were getting beat most of the game. To come, so to come back, imagine your your first game, uh, that the first derby, and 
to get a 93rd minute equaliser. It would have been something else. <laughs> so I, I've, I've never forgot that. No. Uh, Vim Janssen, was Vim Janssen the manager, wasn't it? Aye, Vim, Vim and uh, Murdo McLeod's assistant. Um, yeah, they stopped doing the, the 10. My, my mate from Glasgow is a massive Celtic fan I've known since I was a kid. He's uh, He rang me that, that when he won in the early hours. And my daughter, and he just born Walker up drunk as a boot. My ex-wife at the time. <laughs> yeah. mate, Who's on the phone? I, go, I don't know. I don't know. So something, something happened to ring it. I was dizzy from Glasgow singing on the phone to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing, Johnny. It's the, it's the thing we go back to talking about that rivalry. I mean, I'd have yeah. only been about 13 then. And the sense of relief that we'd stopped it yeah. was, yeah. was huge. And you could, t- you could feel like a whole weight had been lifted off all your family, all your friends. <laughs> Because, I mean, we'd done the nine in the 60s and 70s and to lose that and at that point thinking, if they get 10, what else are they going to get? And the position we were in, there was no way we were going to chase down 10 at that time, you know? So mm. the relief at stopping that, even at such a young age, was something you were very aware of. And, and now, Martin, obviously you're one of the most well-known Celtic fans in the world, up there with Rod Stewart and Billy Connolly. <laughs> But you know, you're the holy trinity. Yeah, he is. But you, I know you're well looked after up there now, and you, you're involved with the club behind the scenes yeah. and and in hospitality. What are your match day rituals like now? Depends, Johnny. Kind of. Um, it depends where I'm in the world. So, like a lot of times, I'm basically flying in for the game. Um, but I, I do like a pint before the games and a, and a proper catch up with the boys. Um, so it just depends whether we're, we're going straight from Greenock on a bus or even if it's a away game or sometimes it's kind of it's good to get a couple of pints in Glasgow uh, and then fire over but even but the problem is even with the you know it's like with the Scottish weather if you can be in Glasgow and it's be, it'd be absolutely teeming down with rain and then trying to get a taxi over is an absolute nightmare you don't want to be late so basically because I'm on the road so much mainly I try to use it as a a time to catch up with the lads if I can before it I says we've got a few season tickets uh, together me and my pals and it's a good thing for keeping us all in touch so if if I'm getting back then I'll, I'll mainly try and meet up with the lads beforehand just to have a bit of catch up This is the Best 11 podcast from Talk Sport Mother's Day is around the corner Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Have you got like a favorite piece of memorabilia or a memento or something you wear? I uh, mean, I've got a few. I've got a few crackers, actually. Um, I, pick, well, I picked up one last year. I've got, I played in a charity game and I've got a brownies match worn shut and his own blood but yeah he, uh, he'd had a few drinks the night before and he volleyed the ball off his own face um, <laughs> do <laughs> um, that twice <laughs> and, uh, and then we got in at half time and i was laughing and he, he kind of threw the top down the top down he's a top lad Bruni, by the way he is he really is i know he's got this death stare and could be a high game, but he's a, he is a right laugh, and he'll do any the amount of stuff he does off the field for, for people is amazing. Um, but he just chucked that top down, and I went, Well, I'm having that. Um, one of the another great one was one of the best game I've probably ever been to was um, uh, the 2 1 uh, Barcelona night, um, oh, which yeah. was a 125th anniversary night as well. And you just, you just had a feeling there was something special in the air, and I mean, it was like the Alamo for a lot of that game. Fraser Foster was absolutely unbelievable. But just anything that could go for us when um, Big one Yama scoring. And then you think, oh, bro, we've got a goal to celebrate. All of a sudden, you're in at halftime. So you're like, this is a lot of fun, singing at halftime. And then it didn't, they, they just couldn't get through. And then I think it was Xavi that slipped. And young Tony Watt just barreled them through. And I remember just looking at it going, he can't, he can't, he can't. <laughs> and he... The, the coolness of the finish for that boy at that age, and then it was just sheer pandemonium. And then there was only like six or seven minutes, but you still thought we were 2 0 up to like five minutes left. And what you're thinking is we might get a draw out of this. Because um, <laughs> they were so good. And then I think Messi scored in like the 92nd, 93rd minute, and you're thinking, oh no, but we just sort of held on. But um, that night I was over by the Barca fans. And. Um, and they and we, we were going wild that night, and it was you could see them just watching us because it was a special night for the club as well, you know, the just the anniversary. So the atmosphere was was off the charts. They knew and, they were in a proper they, game, didn't they, Martin? That's for sure. They did, it did. It was a massive game as well because it it, go, it wasn't just like a, we needed that game to get through, you know, to get to the knockout stages. And um, at the end of the game, the Barca fans were shouting "swap scarves." And I walked over to give one of my scarves and he pulled this thing out of his jacket and it was like the, see the flag they put horizontal-wise across the whole support? So yeah, I got like yeah. this 30-foot 30, 30 Catalonian flag sort of shoved down my jacket. Um, <laughs> so me and my brother carried that back to the bus. So I've got that in the house somewhere. Um, what do you mean somewhere? <laughs> how, can you, how can you lose a 30-foot flag? <laughs> it's, in a, it's in a loft. Because my mum, because it was in my it was in my room for a long time. My mum says, get that out of my face because there's no room for anything else. So it was in my loft. But my most possibly my most prized possession sort of of any of that kind of stuff I've got is um do you remember Trans World Sport? Yeah. Remember that back in the day? I did I did like a they did like a thing on me, a segment on me, like because I was playing semi-pro at the time and it was like just like a an interview informed me about and they, I got I got on really well with the guy. And um, so a lot of people don't remember this, but the 1970 Europe uh, Celtic were in the 1970 European Cup final as well, you know. Right. And we went in against Feyenoord, and we went into that game favourites actually. Yeah. And um, obviously we got beat, but um, there was like a reunion 
of the Feyenoord team. And sadly, it was only Bobby Murdoch that passed away. But I was get, I got on really well with the guy at Transworld Sport, and he he said to me, "Look, if you get if you get, like I can buy you like a, a replica '67 shirt, and I'll get the team to sign it." So I have a replica Lisbon Lions top signed by all the players. Ooh, um, nice. You know, Jinky, Bill and Neil, all of that. So I that's that really is. Um, you know, Chalmers and Lennox. It's that's probably my my most special, prized possession. Special, yeah, really history. And have you got a favourite player now? Well, I would need to say again. I'd need to say Bruni. Just in that, other than McNeil, <laughs> Bruni. Not just because I'll get the death there, but he'll go down right now as our our once he's once he's seen that his career's done and to look back on. He'll go down as our second greatest ever captain. You know, the the treble treble, the invincible season, nine titles in a row, um, what he's achieved. And every time, every year, everybody says his legs have gone. This will be his last year. And every year, he just keeps on motoring. Some of his performances in Europe, he's um, oh, he's, a, he's a proper living legend. Um, and also, I'd, I'd give a... Young McGregor's having a... Yeah. He's developing into a great player. But Edward as well. There's a couple of players you see playing for his... You know, the likes of Van Dyke and um, Dembele out and Leon will, will go bigger, but, but Eddie, will go, Eddie will go to a far higher level. At some point, Eddie will be playing at top, top level. Scott Brown's one of those classic players that um, you'd love to have in your team and you'd hate in everybody else's. Absolutely. But the thing is with Bruni, though, he thrives on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he feeds, you can tell, like, he feeds off. If he isn't getting booed, he's not doing his job. He's not happy. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely feeds off that. That's brilliant, Martin. You've got you've got one of the most famous kicks yes. in football. But have you got a particular favourite for any from any season? Yeah, I mean, there was one. The, the, one of the famous ones is the, for the hoops. I wonder. I, I mean, I, I do love the hoops. I mean, everybody loves their own top, but it, it does. It's it's really iconic. I think a lot of people like the uh, the eighty eight season, uh, the centenary year. Got that somewhere? But I, I remember think... it with the badge, the original badge, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. But the one that I what the one that kind of stands out when I was young was the bumblebee top. Do you yeah. remember that? The aluminium yellow and black away one. Yeah. yeah. There's been a couple of incarnations since, and but the original one, because it just come out of nowhere, you know, and it was just <laughs> it was so iconic. Um, and said then you had Henrik running about at the time with those dreadlocks banging them in. Yeah. So, I'd probably say that's. I mean, because the hoops are the hoops, you know. It's a variation of every year. Some are better than the other, but. Still, this it's still the sort of the same thing. That the, the the original Bumblebee is is one I can always remember. All me and my mates running about like we all had the full kit on. It was that kind of age, you know, the socks yeah. and shorts running about the park. Yeah, so that's that was a special memory. Liked it, yeah, it's very colourful. Like it, nice. Martin, have we got have we got like a, it's quite interesting. We've everybody in England has got Scottish teams except Mark. Um, <laughs> is there, is there, have you have you got a second team either up there or, or in England? There's teams I prefer watching more than others for sure. Um, I was down, I was filming in Manchester last year, and um, bizarre, and that's one of the great things as well. But I mean, I'm sure a lot of the big clubs have this. But being a Celtic fan, I'm obviously on the road quite a much. But pretty much every city I've ever been to, there'll be a Celtic supporters club, and um, mm. it's, it's a great that you get in there and you can watch, you can watch a game, and within just you rock up the bar, buy a beer, and you'll have new mates within five minutes to watch the game. Um, and I was in Manchester last year watching uh, a Celtic game 
and this lad came up and we started chatting and his message came up it was lovely and his message was actually worked for Man City and she invited us to the game the following week which was the was a, it was Man City Spurs this season I think it was two each and then Spurs Man City got a, a late VAR goal disallowed but because you weren't invested much to sit back and watch Kevin De Bruyne just play yeah. like, up close was, was a real treat I mean the range that man's passing, just the, the pure grace with which he plays the game was something special. I mean, so as I say, there's definitely teams I prefer watching more. And as a football fan, I'll watch just about anything going. But in terms of support, nah, all I care about is Celtic. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, Martin, it's everybody's favourite bit now. Take us through your best ever Celtic eleven. Well, Mike, there's a couple... There'll be an honour in the mentions, but um, like for this, like Fraser Foster, been absolutely outstanding. But for me, it'll be Arthur Boric, the holy goalie. Yeah. Um, okay. Because I've, I mean, a phenomenal talent. Again, probably had a good career, but probably should have played at a higher level. If, but from everything you hear, he's just a screwball. Um, and I love that goalkeeper. I love goalkeepers exactly, John. But even like people like you know like Balotelli and all that kind of thing, I, I love characters. Why I love not, players eh? with a bit of attitude. I remember Boric; he saved some massive, some incredible saves, but some big, big penalties. I think it was the night we beat. I can't remember who hit it. it may have been Louis Saha, but the night we beat Rain, uh, Man United in the Champions yeah. League one 0 with that incredible. They got a penalty after that. Not when people forget this. Boric to go one each, and Boric saved it, and that's one of our most famous results. And then I think next year, I think Spartak Moscow, the penalty shootout to get in the Champions League. It was amazing. So phenomenal talent, big, big saves at big in big games. But just, right. and I remember as well, one game, and we got hammered. I remember we, we were away at Ibrox and Rangers hammered us 3-0. And it's pretty miserable, you know, when you're behind the goal. And and I can't remember what happened, but one, a player was down injured and he was taking a bit of stick and he was right in front of the, like the, the Celtic end and he was taking a bit of stick and then he just started um, making some gestures, so shall we say, back towards the Rangers fans. And it just was brilliant, you know, just the hilarity of it. And it just, from being down 3 now hammered, all of a sudden everybody had a smile back in their face and um, everybody was singing again. And it was just that kind of thing. I remember him well running on, running on Ibrox with a Celtic flag. You know, he's that geezer. <laughs> oh, dear. What's your defence, Matt? Are you going right back, left back first? Yeah, I'll go right back first. I mean, you might be able to help me out. Because, again, might, might need to be honourable mention. Because everything I hear about Danny McGrain, everybody says he was world class. Oh, yeah. World class. Proper, proper two saw... halves fullback, which was unusual in those days. But I never saw much of him. So, I, I couldn't... For me at the minute, Jackie McNamara would be another shout. But Mikel Lustig, yeah. uh, I would put in just because... He, Brilliant servant over the last few years. Again, played some big, big games. But another, just a character. And But he's played that big part in what's been the sort of defining era of my, either the Martin O'Neill kind of period or what's going on now. And he was a big, big part of that. Um, Centre-halves, it's a no bad yeah. pairing. I'm going to go Caesar, uh, the great yeah. Billy McNeil. You know, I mean, iconic, the greatest club captain we've ever had captain the first British team to win the European Cup Trailblazers mm -hmm. nine in a row team and just a giant of a man uh, and beside him we'll stick in big uh, Virgil van Dijk yeah fair dues oh, 
That's not a bad pairing, is it? He's, he's come on all right, hasn't he? But he's done all right. Again, it's, I think it's when... And you can maybe understand why some people, sometimes people look down in our game, but like you're looking, you're looking at him playing and you're looking at him playing for us in Europe and you're thinking the ability this guy has is, is frightening. And to think he's going to Southampton and you're thinking somebody in a couple of years is going to be paying over the odds for him again. I mean, somebody could have yeah. snapped him up for 30, 40 million. Southampton get like, you know, I, I don't know, an Arsenal or something. And then you got Liverpool paying 75 for him. Mm. And he was worth that probably. True right, yeah. It's just unfortunate. It's unfortunately with our game. And I, but I think something's changed in that where we, I think Celtic were maybe a bit, we're, we're probably boxing clever because we'd have a decent fee, but we always had a big selling fee. But I think the days of, you know, Tierney, Dumbelli, and next Edward leaving us on cheap. Those days are over because Van Dyke leaving us for twelve million was was a joke. Yes, yeah, true. Uh, left back, yes. I'll go for the man I just mentioned. Actually, um, Kieran Tierney. Tierney, yes, superb. Yeah, superb player. Um, boy, Celtic through and through. Again, potentially has already shown it. You know, in some huge games. I remember him. the the Man City three each game in the Champions League at Celtic Park. It was outstanding that night. Um, I mean, it's typical Scotland. I mean, we struggle for any sort of world-class players and then you've got two of them are left-backs, you know, and Robertson and Tierney. Um, but I think the boy, the boy, if he fulfills his potential, would be one of the best in the world. I'm going to go, you can look at it either way in a tactical point of view, it'd be 4-5-1 or 4-3-3. I'd say more a 4-3-3. Okay. Um, so I'll put Bruni in there, legend, yeah. club captain. Beside him, another man I've spoke about, uh, the maestro, Paul McStay. Yeah. And my last slot there would go, it would have been a toss-up between uh, Lambert and Lennon, um, just because I, 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 that's the bit, the holding midfielder was the position Mm. I played. So they were two guys I always watched um, and and loved. And obviously what Lenny's doing now, I mean, he's he's another one, he'll go down as a club legend for what he's achieved as a player and a manager. But, I'd probably stick Lambert in just because as a young Scottish guy watching him win the European Cup with Dortmund and the yeah, job he done man marking Zidane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's man marking Zidane and Zidane never got a kick, you know. No. Um He was great in a Scotland so, shirt as well, wasn't he? He's just you know, yeah. in, he was international class. He was class. John Collins, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, good shout. So Lambert just again uh, just for just what he achieved also outside Celtic, but again, phenomenal serve, but part of the, the team that stopped 10 in a row. Uh, so I'd stick Lambeau in there. So I uh, sort of top, top three, the three, yeah. I go, I go the, the Lord of the Wing, Jenke, Jimmy Johnston. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the greatest players, certainly he's ever played the game. Uh, yeah. One of my, my best memories is when I was young, watching videos of Jenke with my, with my granda, um, watching all the old games. And there's one, uh, I think it's the uh, the Real Madrid uh, De Stefano De Stefano's um, testimonial. He asked Celtic to play them, and um, Johnston that night was just sensational. I know, and ripping all these legends apart. And there's one point where he just keeps running rings around these three or four players, and he stands on the ball, and no. three of them stand looking at them, and they go, "You go," and none of them will come near him. And this goes on for like six, seven seconds. And then kind of two of them run and he just flicks the ball over their head. And it's just the audacity of it. And again, just another character. But I, I mean, 
he was uh, he was voted our greatest ever player for a reason, you know. Yeah, there was him um, and George Best, you know, at the similar time, and just you've never seen nothing like it. That's true. Just the way the game's changed as well, but you see some of the tackles that <laughs> they were coming in like waist high. You know, he was getting karate oh, kicked, yeah. and he just got up they could and he'd get the ball. Yeah. Well, he'd get the ball and he'd run straight back at whoever hit him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, the bravery of him. And I think you'd need to slot in there beside him, King Kenny. Yeah. You know, yeah, quite right. Probably the greatest, um, great, uh, between him and Jink, I'd say for the greatest ever Scottish player. Again, what yeah. he achieved in the game, but again, the talent he had in a Celtic shot, um, and obviously the esteem he's held throughout the game, uh, that, that'd be a pretty lethal pairing behind uh, the king, the messiah, Henry Brilliant. Larson. Yes. Larson. Yeah, <laughs> Henry up front. Um, You've got some pace and guile in your front three there, haven't you? Pace and guile. What a front three that is. What a But what Henrik as well, what I loved about Henrik is, again, he... The loyalty he had to us, and we got the best out of it. And then he left us to go on and win the European Cup with Barcelona. And he changed that game when he came on. It's two lethal passes from Henrik that's won that game when they beat Arsenal. And to to think he's left us to go on and achieve that when I thought we'd like maybe he'd be on the downward spiral just shows you that we he's probably. You had Van Dijk there, but we had a world-class player at the top of his game playing for us, you know, during one of my eras, and that that is something special, um, and it's something I'll be I'll be very thankful for him for staying. Martin, I'm now going to ask you probably the most stupid question you can ever ask. Yeah, this will take a while. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Who to manage? <laughs> There's got to be the one, either the great man, Jockstein. Yeah, fair uh, dues. Again, one of the greatest managers. He's ever lived trailblazer. Well, a good um, argument for being the greatest ever, Martin, for a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. For what he achieved. And and probably, again, I think that these things, it's these small margins. If he'd have won that second European Cup, I'd have said he would. Um, Johnny, he wasn't far off it, but to take a team that he did, and you had, I mean, there's some ridiculous start. I don't know, if, but I think it's like, all the players in that European Cup final team are, are born within 30 miles. 30 yes, miles it, possibly even less than that. You're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. And that's... And the game, when you look at... I mean, I've watched that Inter Milan game back, the final, a few times. And the way they did it, the style they did it. Oh, and also, because I remember having... Um, I remember... I, I, thankfully, I still got the part because I, I thought when I walked out, I, that <laughs> that was my chances, Gub. That when I, I know the story United, is great. <laughs> yeah, so auditioned for the damn United and I remember the director saying to me what you need to remember Martin is you, you're, you're auditioned to be part of the greatest uh, football team of that era and I went no 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 no, no. <laughs> Celtic were the greatest bad team because as you remember we put you out the European Cup semi-final they did and two yeah. mammoth Martin, game it, it didn't matter Martin it didn't matter at that point it did, well, didn't it? It, did it did matter well, didn't it <laughs> well I mean you look back at that you look back at that Battle of Britain got the great Billy Bremner and all that. Um, there was, what, 100 and, what, 20, 130,000 in these games. And we won both of them. You know, it wasn't even as if we won both those games and we managed to do what that team never did and won the European Cup. And then, of course, Johnny, your other side, that great Forest team came mm -hmm. not long after. But no, of that era, I'd say we were, we were the, we were, I mean, by far the best team in Britain and, and 
possibly in Europe. I love that. Not prepared to suspend reality for two seconds to get a decent job. I admire that. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, he is talking He is talking a lot of sense. I mean, Sir Alex Ferguson summed it up for me. Somebody said to him, what's the greatest uh, achievement in domestic football? And he went, it was Jock Steen winning the European Cup with a Glasgow District 11. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's the way the way Jockstein done it, the way his teams did it. We didn't go on kicking people and fighting people in terms. Of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a few of these boys could handle themselves. They could handle a tackle, but we did it playing football, you know? Playing the right way. Martin Comston. Ma, brilliant. Fantastic guest for Best 11. Thank you very much for Cheers. joining us. Cheers, Thanks, lads. Bye. All the best. Bye. This is the Best 11 podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to the Best 11 podcast. Don't forget there are new episodes out every Monday and Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best 11 very soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 